Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest and friend, Allison Melody, who is the author of Food Hills. Allison, my friend, what is happening in your world today? Oh my gosh, Michael. Well, first, I'm just in gratitude to be with you. And I love that the Unbroken Nation is here for our conversation today. I also call my tribe Food Heals Nation. And I know we have so much in common. So what's going on in my world today is just a lot of gratitude to have these amazing conversations. Yes, I'm very, very excited. You know, it's funny because there's a lot of research, more research now than ever coming out about the impact of just gratitude and your general mental health and stability. And I was thinking myself the other day, it was like so many people struggle in finding gratitude because like fucking life sucks sometimes. Totally. And you're, <laughs> and you're like, this is a pain in the ass. None of us signed up for this shit. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't remember ever being in the womb. And I'm like, yeah, give me the worst parents of all time, like checking off all the boxes. And then you're out here in real life and you're like, fuck, man, this is really, really hard. But if you can find that space for a little bit of gratitude, it's incredible what it does for you. We'll talk about food heals. We'll go down that path in your story and your journey and all that stuff. But because you brought it up and I'm curious, like what role does gratitude play in your life right now? Yes, I think it's an attainable goal, but I don't live in gratitude in every moment of my life. I'm not a monk on a mountain meditating in gratitude. So, you know, it's finding those moments when you can't get to gratitude of how can I get to appreciation or how can I learn a lesson right now? So perfect example, the other day, I busted my tire coming back from the lake and I found myself in a parking lot with a um, tire and I couldn't get um, a flat tire and I couldn't get home and I could not open the, um, the device that gets to the flat tire to even try to change it. And I was like, where can I find gratitude in this moment right now? And all of these people, I'm in Tennessee, came up and saw me and said, how can I help you? And, you know, I had a bunch of people taking off the tire, putting on the tire. And what the lesson was for me in that moment was be gratitude for the kindness of strangers, be in gratitude for that, and also fucking learn how to change a tire. Yeah, totally. It's called YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I had a, so over here in the studio, around the corner, they're doing construction, they're building a whole bunch of stuff. And in one week, I got two flat tires. Wow. And so I'm, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what is the lesson in this? And I was like, yes. well, motherfucker, maybe don't park by the construction site. Totally. <laughs> so your background's fascinating. Obviously, we know each other. And so for those who don't know, I want, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. And so I'll try to keep it brief. And then you're welcome to ask me questions if you'd like me to expand. Because like your story, it is a long and involved story to get to where we are today, of course, to become the 
entrepreneurs that are, you know, helping other people heal their own trauma. Um, but my story essentially began from three traumas that happened to me kind of in a row over a couple of years. And so essentially, first I lost my mother to cancer, then I lost my father to cancer, and then I lost my entire inheritance in the estate. And I found myself at 25 years old with no living family because I was an only child and they had been only children as well. Grandparents had passed on and I was alone and I had no money and I had to decide Ali, are you going to end up homeless on the street or are you going to make something out of your life? And so I had to figure out life as a young adult. And I was a very young and sheltered 25-year-old. So the girl right now that doesn't know how to change a tire, she was way worse back then. She didn't know how to do a lot of things. And so I got my first client when I was negative in the bank and I just climbed up from there to create my own family. So now friends are family um, to heal my own trauma, finding uh, freedom in food and realizing, well, the body has the ability to heal itself when given the tools that it needed to do so. And so giving myself all of those tools, mind, body, and spirit, and then going on my own personal mission of helping people heal from chronic degenerative disease. So what happened to my parents did not have to happen to anyone else because their disease was completely chronic and unavoidable. These were diseases that could have been healed with food, with alternative medicine. And instead, I watched them suffer and shiver, shrivel away and die slowly and painfully in front of my eyes. And if anyone's ever lost someone to cancer, slowly, you know how painful it is to watch them, these beautiful humans, you just debilitate in front of your eyes. And it's very painful for them. It's very painful for you. And my mission is to help other people realize the body's ability to heal itself. And so that's why I do what I do. Yeah, I, that's, I, I always think about this concept and idea that that really kind of ruminates all aspects of my life and it's transforming your trauma into triumph. Yeah, And and we're faced every single day with this space of it's like, okay, I can let this thing defeat me or I can actually use it to change my life, change the world, change my lineage in the cycle, whatever that cycle might be. And, and what's really difficult about it is when you first step in, at least in my experience, is like, you know what the fuck you're doing. Like you don't really know what you're doing and you're trying to figure it out. And, and all of us, regardless of, I think, your background or what you come from, like we all have that thing of like, oh my God, I don't know how to change a tire, right? And that could be balancing a checkbook. That could be making a dentist appointment. That could be like little stuff that you, like like to me, a huge part of it, and we won't go on this rabbit hole, but I want to say this, there's the indoctrination of the school system that we grow up in and that doesn't actually teach you how to be a fucking human being, right? Right, right? and to me, it was not uncommon as a kid to like constantly be malnourished. So my story and the audience knows, so I won't go deeply into it, but I was the chubby kid. Our, my clothes came from the fucking boys husky section at Walmart. So context, right? We were malnourished. And so it was always canned food, boxed food, church food, government food. I didn't have, I literally, no bullshit, did not have a salad for the first time that I was 20 years old. Wow. Right. And by the time I was 26, I was 350 pounds. My favorite breakfast, you know, my favorite breakfast food is chocolate cake. And so, you know, you, you don't learn this thing until the time comes in which you must, for lack of a better term, have this reckoning slash come to Jesus moment where it's like, okay, hold on. This terrible thing has occurred. What am I going to do about it? 
And so for you, you're in this situation, you're in this predicament, life has done what life does and shows you reality, right? Baseball bat to the face. Why did you make the decisions that you made that have led you to where you are? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's more just going when you face, and I know you've faced this multiple times in your life as well, Michael, when you face the fact that your next couple of decisions are live or die decisions, you have to decide what you're going to do just to get to the next step of survival. And that's where I was. And then the next step was, okay, how do I have, how do I make some money to get some food on the table and, and pay for a living situation? And so thank goodness for my college degree, which is a film production background. I was able to get some clients in the film and photography industry. One of my first clients was a woman who essentially had, um, she was, I was taking her pregnancy photos and we were driving to Malibu, which is a farther drive from Los Angeles. And she shared with me the story of how she had had stage four cancer and the surgery that the doctors were going to give her would have most likely left her barren because it was ovarian cancer. And she had decided to take her health back into her own hands and heal herself, mind, body, spirit. So she got rid of all the toxic junk food she was eating. She completely changed her diet. She started green juicing and eating a plant-based, whole foods, plant-based diet. And she got out of a toxic relationship that was destroying her. And through those tools alone in four months, she was cancer-free. And so when I was hired to do her pregnancy photos, I realized there are more stories like this out there that I need to share. And so I figured out how can I make this my career to help others understand the body's ability to heal itself and get paid to do so, so that I don't um, A, end up on the street or B, get cancer myself. Because at that time, I still was of the belief that, well, if cancer runs in my family, what is the most anti-cancer lifestyle that I can lead, right? Mm. And so the decision was, it came in, in phases, but essentially it was, how do I survive? And then how do I survive and thrive and help others at the same time? And so thank God I was able to meet. So, and that was just example one. After that, it was like the universe kept showing me more and more people. I met Joe Cross from the movie Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, who had reversed chronic, uh, chronic uticaria, which is a autoimmune condition, which my mom also had an autoimmune condition of multiple sclerosis. And he had done the same thing through green juicing and adopting a whole foods, plant-based diet, finding you know, a belief in something bigger than himself, spirituality, um, healing himself mentally, healing himself emotionally. So all of these people I were meet, was meeting were healing their trauma and eating better food and thus were able to reverse chronic degenerative disease. And I was like, all right, I'm on, I'm on this train. I'm sold. Like, how do I do more with this in my life? Yeah. There, there's signs, right? It's like, are you fucking paying attention? Yes. Are, are you like looking at this thing we're putting in front of you? And I, you know, I think about so often how you, you look at people and it's like, dude, do you not see this thing in front of you? It's like right here. Like, yeah. and you need to recognize that unless you acknowledge it, nothing about your life is going to be different. And, and I think it's really easy to be in that place of like, I want to change the world, but I also don't want to ask for money. I want to change the world, but I, I don't want to put in the fucking hundred hour weeks. I want to change the world, but this or that. And, it, and it's like, there is something that you have to have 
and I, I believe this to be very, very true. There's something that you have to have innately and deeply inside of you in which you have to push yourself to, I hate to say the brink, but in some capacity, it's true. You have to find out what you're made of if you actually want to change something. I think we overly coddle ourselves. We overly put ourselves in this position of taking it too easy. I always think to myself, like, am I taking care of myself or am I taking it easy on myself? Because those are two very different things. And there's something about that push where you discover who you are. And I'm going to put words in your mouth, so please tell me if I'm wrong, but I will assume that where you are today is through those moments of pushing. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think um, it's all about what drives you, right? So maybe at first I was driven by fear. And then I was driven by a little bit of guilt because why didn't I save my parents? Why didn't I know this mm. sooner? And then you start to be driven by the results. So you're like, oh my gosh, I shared this story and it helped someone. And I, now I can help more and more people. And so it's just finding those moments that shape the path that then you go on to get to where where you are. Not that we're done. We're just on, on a st another step on this journey. But yeah, I found myself driven by multiple different factors throughout my life. And now they probably all drive me to continue this mission to help people get healthy and to help people take their health back into their own hands, to help people stop outsourcing their health to other people in their lives, to doctors, to other people. Only we know what's best for us. And if we can get in touch with that innately and then find someone to set us on the right path, such as a functional medicine doctor, or it could be a trauma, trauma healer or a coach or someone like you, find that person that's your, your, your partner in, in helping you get healthy. That's that's my mission. And now I forgot the question. Sorry if I went on a no, yeah. there. No, no, you're, you're all good. I was just talking about pushing, like when it's, yeah. when it's hard, when it's difficult, because I'm sure you've watched people change lives change because of the decisions that you've made. And, you know, I, I do think you're spot on. It's like you, you can reverse so much of this. I remember when I was, I was 29. And so I just really kind of got deeper into the health journey. And when I say deeper, I mean, I'd stop eating like frozen pizza and McDonald's every fucking day. Yeah, right? yeah. I lost a little bit of weight, but that was just from like working out all the time, doing a lot of hot yoga and not drinking every day. Right. And, and, and then I started having sciatica, right? And I started having chronic pain. And then at one point I was having like five panic attacks a day. Mm. It was crazy. And I, and it hit me like, oh my God, it's probably because you're drinking Red Bull every day. And you have all this unresolved shit you still need to deal with. Right. And I stepped deeper and deeper, deeper into it. And then I discovered guys like uh, Dr. Amen, like Mark Sisson, like Ben Greenfield. And I really started learning about food and nutrition. And now fast forward almost 10 years from that, it's like I'm still going through the healing, still healing. But the, the body's so incredible. Like I look at where I'm at now and it's very, very different from adopting so many I'm more paleo, so paleo dietary lifestyle choices, staying away from sugar, staying away from processed food, staying the fuck away from McDonald's. They're going to see me in fucking McDonald's. But like doing this about and living a lifestyle that is attainable. And most people do not believe that health is attainable. We're so used to chronically being sick. We're so used to not feeling good. We're so used to always being in pain. But you know that's not true. So what's demystify and dispel, dispel, whatever that word is, a bit of this and go a little bit deeper into it. 
Sure. What is it that people need to start doing right now to take control of their health? Absolutely. Great question. And I would, I'll preface this with saying I'm not a doctor nor a nutritionist, but I love interviewing people way smarter than me to answer questions like this. So I would say step one is to have a really pure understanding and belief in your body's ability to heal itself, because when you believe that you cannot fail, right? And then it's reaching out to people in your community or um, if you find someone online, if you listen to a great podcast, you can find a functional medicine doctor, or a functional medicine practitioner who can get a comprehensive look at your health. Because Michael, you're paleo, I'm plant-based. What's best for me is not what's best for you. We are all different. We have different blood types. We have different, we live in different areas. We have different DNA. We have different ancest ancestry. There's different um, minerals in my soil where I, the vegetables that I eat than there are in yours. And so it's all about finding the perfect diet for your body. That's how you take your health back. And so a functional medicine practitioner, they'll test you like your hair, your spit, your stool, your blood, everything. And they'll get a comprehensive look at where you are right now. So they'll say, oh my gosh, Ali, you are completely deficient in vitamin D, but your vitamin C levels are through the roof. So let's decrease the C and increase the D, you know, whatever it might be. And then there's like hormones. So Maybe I found out at one point that I, my body had stopped making um, testosterone. Now you think of that as a male hormone, but women, we need it as well <clears throat> to all be balanced. So I had to take a bioidentical cream in order to get my hormones back in the balance. And once you do that, the, bo the body is like, thank you. Now we can regulate ourselves." And I was able to get my body back into balance. And then you also find out what are my food allergies and also what are my, yeah, what are my food allergies? And what foods do I need to get rid of for a while so that my body can heal? And what are my food sensitivities that I should only have once a week, not every single day? And it can be an avocado. I'm eating salad all day. I'm being healthy. But you're eating something that's inflammatory to your own body. So I truly recommend to take your health back into your own hands. Just first having a belief that you can because you absolutely can. I got 380 something episodes to prove it. And then secondly, would be essentially finding a functional medicine doctor or practitioner in your those tests and then changing your diet accordingly. And in 30 days, 30 days, 90 days, you'll be a whole new person. And you'll be like, what else can I do? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And and the fun, I'll, I will speak to the functional medicine doctor thing as well. Like if you can find one and if you can be able to go and invest in that it's it's a game changer because you know i traveled the world um quite extensively and i found out i had a freaking parasite yeah and i was like this is probably why i'm sick all the time and he's like yeah dude probably and so we had to start this whole protocol and rebuild the gut and kill the parasite and, and all those things and so that's tremendously important let's talk about the element and the role that food plays in all this right and i want to go deep in this it's funny i the serendipity of the universe never ceases to amaze me because one of my clients today was like, hey, I have this massive food trauma. I'm trying to deal with it. I pointed her to a solo episode I had done years and years ago talking about my journey and my relationship with food. But I, I want to go into this deep with you because this is your area of expertise, obviously. And anything with the title like food heals, like, okay, cool. There's something there. So let's talk about that. Just I'm going to ask you a very general question and I want you to just run with it for context. What does food heal? everything <laughs> food heals the body and food also kills so let's be clear about that 
When I say food heals, I mean healthy organic food heals, healthy food that you're not allergic to, healthy food that comes from the ground, not processed junk food, not McDonald's. I'm so sorry, everyone. McDonald's does not heal and I'm not going to, you know, get on an anti rant, but if it comes from the ground, if it comes from a plant, you can better believe that it's going to heal your body. And if it doesn't, you should check it out before you consume it. And I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying, oh my God, I have to change everything. No, but if you make a few small changes, you'll start to feel better. And then you go, well, what else can I change? So take it step by step. I'm not saying overhaul your life. But if you're eating McDonald's every day, try cutting back to once a week. If you're not eating vegetables, try adding in a smoothie or a salad every day. And, and you start to see these changes and you start to feel better. So yes, food heals, but also food kills. I believe that food is something that is slowly killing us every single day with the standard American diet. And so getting off the standard American diet, eating local, eating seasonally, um, eating a, a mass array of colors. So the more colors on your plate, the more nutrients you're getting because everything that comes from the ground and not, essentially I'm talking about and hangs from a tree like fruits and veggies are healing tools. And so find out what those are and start adding them to your diet and you're going to start feeling the effects of and understanding what it means. Food yeah. Here's what's fascinating. One of the things when you go look, I'm, I'm Googling this in real time because I remember seeing this recently. And the the standard American diet is so absolutely incredibly insane right now. Yeah. Seed oils are on it mm-hmm. and, and processed oils and things that are literally found to be studied and found to be poisonous. And, and okay, you, you can stop me if you don't want to go here, but I think it's important. So my, my background, when I was in my early 20s, I worked for a Fortune 10 company. They are an insurance company. I won't say which one. But I worked for them extensively, made a lot of money working for them. And insurance is the sick industry. It is not the wall industry. It is not the wellness industry. It's not the care industry. It is get sick so we can fucking make money. And the lobbyists in the American healthcare system, when you go look at most of the reports from the FDA, those are sponsored by insurance companies. And so I think there's a tremendous endless amount of misinformation that is being passed out through the media, through television, through education, even in our school. Go look at a kid's meal in like middle school. Right. What are we doing? And so what I love in this little bit of space, if you're willing to go into it with me, like I want to debunk some of this. I want to talk about like the foods that people have been lied to about and what they should be on the lookout for. Anything that you see on the nightly news is probably a big no-no. Um, so think about it like this, Michael, and I know you know this, but it's called programming for a reason. They are programming our minds to be a certain way because a healthy patient does not pay into this big system of whatever you want to call it. There's big pharma, there's big agro, there's big insurance, there's big hospital, right? Whatever you want to call it. And so a if I don't have to take a pill for the rest of my life, no one's making any money. And so they want us taking those pills. And so the things that are going to be advertised, all of the news channels essentially are sponsored and they have um, all the commercials that you see in between are going to show you, oh, your leg hurts. You must have this and you need to be on this pill for the rest of your life, right? Whatever it might be. And so you buy into that because you're just watching and you're like, well, they wouldn't lie to me. That's what I used to think. I think the TV wouldn't lie to me. And unfortunately, that's, (laughs) you know, that's simply not true is all I'm going to say. And so you have to remember that everything that you're paying attention to, even when you're scrolling on your phone is sponsored. And so 
follow the money. So go, well, these people are paying to be in front of me for a reason. And what is their reason? And so when you look at it like that, you can kind of see through the veil and go, well, what's really, what do I really need? And I personally don't believe that most people need to be on a pill for the rest of their lives. And instead, I would like them to be on a vegetable for the rest of their life. I would like them to be on a supplement, um, maybe not for the rest of their life, but to heal what is um, a problem at the time. You know, vitamin D can be as simple as getting sunlight. And sometimes you need to also take a supplement as well. But something like vitamin D is going to heal you. And something like a pill is going to keep a symptom at bay, but is never going to heal and is probably going to cause more issues in the future the longer that you take it. Because when you watch those commercials, side effects of this drug may include, and you just ignore them. And it's like, death is on the list. And you're like, why are we? But they put pretty people rolling the boats and running in the grass and picking up their kids. And you go, obviously, I need this beautiful drug that makes your life so beautiful. That's programming, that's marketing, but that's not true health. And so, Look at where your information is coming from. Is that study sponsored? Is that commercial sponsored? Yes, every commercial is sponsored. So follow the money and then you'll get to the truth. And of course, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want my health to be dictated by the media. I want my health to be dictated by my own innate sense of knowing, oh, this doesn't feel good. Something doesn't feel right. So what can I do to take my health back into my own hands? And for me, I'm a supplement mechadoser, I would say. I take a lot of supplements. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. And that gives me room if I wanted to have McDonald's or have alcohol or have something that doesn't fit onto the, you know, let's call it the food heals diet. I don't actually have a food heals diet, but that doesn't fit into the heal yourself diet. That gives me room to have those vices once in a while so I can live a full life and not feel like I'm missing out. The last thing I want to do is scare people and go, well, Ali, if I eat like you, I'm going to be missing out on life. No, I eat a plethora of delicious foods. I love food, you guys. I love food so much. I love a good cocktail. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in deprivation and, and you don't have to be either. It's just making a lot of swaps and unlearning a lot of the things that you've learned. Because again, another thing is like to your point, Michael, about McDonald's. Well, there's addictive um, chemicals in those food to keep you addicted to them. So we got to get unaddicted. So start slow, get yourself unaddicted. And then healthy food starts to taste really, really good. We'll be right back to today's show. But first, I need to ask you a question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling like you don't have the support to go to the next level in your healing journey? Are you feeling like you wish you had a little bit more support from not only myself, but the Unbroken Nation? Well, my friend, I want to invite you to come and join our live weekly coaching sessions in Think Unbroken. All you have to do is go to keys, K-E-Y-S, keys.thinkunbroken.com to sign up and join us today with 100% money back, no questions asked, guaranteed and no contract or commitment every week for the next year. You can come and be a part of our live coaching sessions each Monday as we dive deep into not only answering your questions, but questions from the unbroken nation and help you take all of the information that you learn in the podcast, in the courses and other areas of this journey, bring them into your life and use it in a way that is practical, life-changing and transformative. So my friend, join us at keys.thinkunbroken.com and we will see you this Monday. Yeah, it's it's fascinating when you have, I had this moment, I'll never forget the first time I was like, oh my God, I really just want a sweet potato. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Right. <laughs> you know? And so it does, it starts with education. It really truly does. And when you educate yourself, you are the one in control. You have the power. I, I am a proclaimed, I will say it till the day I die, gummy bear addict, 150%. 
It is my it is my go to food when I'm like the world's on fire and I need salvation. Right. And, the, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've had gummy bears in the last five years. I know what's in them. Educating yourself, looking at it, the the fact that sugar is arguably as dangerous and deadly as cocaine is like something you really have to take into consideration. And and look. I'm with you. It's like, you got to live a little bit. My birthday was a few weeks ago. You better believe I ate like a whole vegan gluten-free cake. Like no. almost the whole thing, right? And I'm not oh, vegan, but I don't do dairy because I know that dairy is not good for my body. Yeah. I know that certain things don't make me feel good. I know that if I drink a Red Bull, I'm probably going to have a panic attack. What I'm wondering is, the people who maybe they're just starting this journey or they're in this place even where they even torture themselves with foods, right? They know every time they eat that thing, they feel terrible, but they do it anyway. How can we help those people? Like, what is it that they need to be paying attention to or considering in this journey to let food be a friend and not an enemy? Yes. I'm all about figuring out how to find food freedom. So ask yourself, does this food bring me freedom or not? And then allowing it to- What does freedom mean? Food freedom. Freedom from the addiction. Freedom from the reason that you think that you need it. So I'm all about food journaling. So let's say you're craving a food. You're like, I know this isn't good, but I'm craving it. So instead of having it, go and sit down and write in the journal, what's going on with me right now? Because very often we have these responses that you probably are aware of, Michael, from the work that you do, but it's like an emotional attachment to food because maybe it's something that brought us comfort when we were growing up. Maybe it's, oh, I have Ben and Jerry's after a breakup. That's what I do. That's what I did for years. It was like, everyone just come over and you break up and you eat and cry and you're Ben and Jerry's. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. But knowing what it is and then deciding whether or not to do it is very different from doing it without that knowledge and awareness of what you're doing. And so with knowledge and awareness, then comes that power and that freedom in the food. And so breaking food addiction, breaking unhealthy eating patterns, breaking unhealthy non-eating patterns, if that's something a lot of people use not eating as a form of control. And so going, why do I need control right now? What's really going on? What's the issue? And doing the deeper work. And the deeper work is, okay, going back to the journal. So I go and journal. Why am I craving this terrible, I don't know, let's say cookie, like dairy-filled, chocolate-filled cookie, which sounds delicious, I know. So so why do I need that food? Why do I need that food? And going, oh my gosh, it's because, you know, so my girlfriend was mean to me. My boyfriend said this, blah, blah, blah. Why does that trigger me? Oh my God, because my dad said that to me or the coach said that to me on the field when I was a kid. And you go, oh my God, that's a moment of trauma in my life that I haven't dealt with. And you're like, oh my gosh, let me honor that person that had that trauma. Let me go to that little girl, that little guy who was suffering because that's who's eating the food. That's not adult Allie eating the food. That's little Allie who was made fun of on the play- playground. And is now associating that comfort from that hurt that just happened in, in my life right now to that time. And then that's how you find food freedom. You start making the triggers. And then after your journal, you're like, do I still need that food? And if you do, go have it. And if you yeah. don't, or go have a bite. But like, if you don't, then you go, what's a healthier choice that I can make right now? Because obviously, sometimes the craving completely goes away. When you start doing the work regularly, the craving goes away. It's fucking magic, Michael. But sometimes it doesn't. It's a process. It's a practice like yoga. It's a practice, right? But the more often you do it, the more you're going to be able to find food freedom. So we all have attachments and addictions, and these are all solvable and healable. If you, if you can't do it on your own, that's okay. Find someone 
amazing to work with. I'm sure you, you know, Michael, you probably know people or you probably help people yourself with this type of thing, but we can all be free of our food addictions and we can all have food freedom hundred percent. Yeah. It definitely comes up, especially when we're coaching. We, you know, we definitely see that all the time. And I think people, one of the things they can relate to with me is like, I was morbidly obese. Like I, I got the photos. I put them on the internet sometimes, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it's interesting. I, I had two thoughts. One, like while you were talking, I was like, why the fuck do doctors give children suckers after getting shots? That, that was a thought I just had in real time. We don't need to go down that route, but something yep. to think about. And then the other thing is like, when I, when I share that kind of content, I've literally had people say you're fat shaming. I'm like, you can't fat shame yourself. I don't, I don't know what the thing. You, you can't do that. And, and I share that because I think there's something really unhealed. And this was my journey. I'm not saying it's your journey because right. you should love yourself as you are. And ultimately that is the fucking goal. Yeah. But when I was at my heaviest, I loved myself the least, right. period. There was no question. I was constantly poisoning myself, constantly fast food 20, 25 times a week, alcohol every single day, chocolate cake from shout out to Portillo's in Chicago, the best chocolate cake on planet earth. Like I would just consume all of this all the time because what I realized, and this is where you get really fucked up if you're paying attention. What I realized is I was abusing myself in a different way to feel the same pain that I felt when I was a child. Wow. Yes. And when you recognize that, and when you are willing to sit in that massively uncomfortable truth, massively, it's like when you're in a taco relationship and you realize you're dating your father, right? Yes. It's that coming to recognition moment. You have to make a decision. Am I going to start loving myself? Even if I haven't before this moment. Am I willing, and you use the word decide, which is my favorite word on planet earth. You said, are you going to decide? Are you going to make a decision to do the thing that you know that you need to do? And for those who are making this decision and they're like, okay, I get this. I'm, I'm going to be more cognizant. I'm going to journal. I'm going to start adding vegetables. I'm not going to beat myself up about when I do fall off the wagon or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. How do they, how, how do you create consistency? Because I think you would agree with me again, I'll put words in your mouth, but I, I truly believe that consistency, accountability, and accountability for self, let's be very clear about that, is the framework for healing here. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do think it's different for everyone because some people, they are schedulers and they schedule everything throughout their day, including their meditation and meal blocks. And then other people are like, I'll get to it when I get to it. I know it's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And wherever you are, think about how you schedule your meals. Think about how you schedule your exercise. And if you don't, that's okay. Think about how you don't schedule them. And then go, well, how can I make this a part of the daily routine? So if it's, if it's, if it's I have a Calendly where everything goes and it goes into my iCal, then go and put it in there and go, I know this mm -hmm. is a problem for me. I need to journal every day. Go put it in there. And if you're not like that, then make a promise to yourself, make a commitment to yourself. When I feel the craving or whatever it is, when I feel the trigger, whatever it is, I know that I now need to go and journal. So you have to frame it for yourself because I don't want to tell you to do something. And then you're like, that doesn't fit into my life because some people are planners and some people aren't. So it's either put it in your planner 
if you are a planner, because then you're going to do it because we make commitments to ourselves. And then when it's in writing or when it's on the, you know, the phone screen, we do it. I know a lot of people of us are like that. And then other others of us are not. So then you have to go, I have to decide when the trigger hits. That's when I do the journal or whatever it is I've decided to do. That's when I do the meditation. That's when I do the practice, whatever the practice may be. And so I hope that answers your question. I would love to address um, the fat shaming comment that you made as well, if you don't mind. Go for it. Yeah. So I think this is a conversation that is very important in today's society. And I truly, I truly want to say this with so much love and I truly hope not to offend anyone, but I think this is really important to talk about. Whatever body shape size you are at any time in your life, absolutely find a way to love yourself in that moment and not body shame anyone at any time. But I think something has happened in society that is very important to address. The pendulum when I was growing up, you know, 90s was if you aren't anorexically thin, you are trash, you are fat, blah, blah, blah. And so now the pendulum swing back, which is great. Because people like me are like, okay, we don't have to be stick skinny to be valued, right? And no, that was ridiculous back then. But now it's gone so far that we are celebrating the bodies of someone who's morbidly obese. And I want you to love yourself wherever you are, but I also want you to recognize that that's not a healthy, loving state of being. So if you're able to love yourself at that place, the most loving thing that you can do for yourself is to eat well and honor your trauma and figure that out. And then what will happen is the weight will shed naturally. And so I want to say celebrate yourself on every stage of your journey, but also know that we've gone, it's like society has gone so far into um, body, this body positivity movement, which I am for, but it doesn't mean that we can be okay for the health perspective of being obese because that is not truly loving and honoring ourselves and our body. So it's like almost like a fake celebration and a fake love. So I want to make sure that we're doing it in in such a way that serves those who are in that place. And I hope that makes sense. And I hope I'm not offending anyone. Yeah. And and look, I agree with you. And and it is a really, really, really difficult topic to step into because you know, we live in cancel culture. And the truth is people don't want to hear the truth. And I wish to, I think about this a lot. I wish to God, somebody would have been like, dude, you need to get control of yourself. Look at you. You're a size four, almost five XL, 44 pants, drinking every single day, smoking two packs, eating poison. Yo, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before. We had a motherfucking nacho cheese machine in my house. Oh my God. (laughs) Literally. And like, we would put it on everything and the weight would come on and come on and come on and come on and come on. And I remember when I was a child and and a lot of people I coach, this holds true for them. When I was a child, I was the fat kid. Everyone made fun of me. Everyone picked on me. That was a thing that was not my fault. As a child, you don't get any say about the food that you get to consume. You're just, for me, I was like, fuck, we even get food. Praise God. Like, hallelujah. Right. Thank you, Batman. Whoever brought this to me. Thank you. Right. And, but it was always that luckily I found sports when I found sports, I think just because of the amount of movement, the weight came off when I was eight years. No, I was probably 10 in TV. used to have that spring break TV show in the nineties, aging myself mm-hmm. and all these super fit people would be like hanging out, dancing on the beach at the, the pool party at the club. 
Britney Spears is in great shape. You got Nelly with his eight pack. Like it's, and that's what we're seeing. And like, I'm this chubby little kid. And I remember like as a kid starving myself to not eat because I was like, if I don't eat, then I'll get skinny. And then when I get skinny, people will like me. Right. Nobody fucking likes you, whether you're skinny or fat. That is not for them to decide. It is for you to decide. And when you go through the healing journey, for some people, it's even putting weight on, changing the relationship with food in a positive way across the spectrum. It's about the willingness to acknowledge that somewhere in your lineage, going back to your point, in your background, in your journey, your story, there has been a moment of trauma, of abuse, of hurt or suffering that has forever changed your relationship with food. And what happens is because if you're not cognizant of it and paying attention and working through it, the thing that I figured when I actually was able to reverse it and be like, how did I get this big? Was, oh, I'm doing the thing that I let other people do to me as a kid. And I learned to be okay with tolerating the hurt. When when we talk about societally, this concept and idea about fat shaming, look at Adele, for instance. She lost all that weight. People fucking destroyed her. Right. What are we doing? Exactly. And everyone's journey is different. And I want to be clear about that. We're not shaming anyone. What we're saying, what I'm saying, you can speak for yourself. What I am saying is simply have acknowledgement of the truth. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it and step into it with compassion and love, but also perseverance and know that if you want to create change in your life, you can, but you're the only one who's going to do it. Right. Exactly. I agree with you. And eating healthy foods is an act of self-love. So when you do that, you automatically either, if you need to gain the weight, you gain the weight. If you need to lose the weight, you lose the weight. But eating Shit food is not an act of self-love. It is an act of self-hate. It is an act of um, holding on to the trauma addiction. And I'm not shaming in any way, but you just have to look at yourself and go, am I acting in self-love or am I acting in self-loathing? And then once you start Mm. to act with self-love, the weight will shift to where it's supposed to be. It's not about the weight, right? Exactly. It's about the self-love. And then your body encompasses what its natural set point. Some are bigger than others. But no one's is anorexically thin or morbidly obese. And that, I think, is the point. And we should celebrate everyone on their journeys wherever they are. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. How do you celebrate yourself in your journey? Because I think that's one of the missing pieces that does not get talked about enough in this conversation is that people don't celebrate the fact that, man, you're doing it. You're showing up. You're living. How do you celebrate this journey for yourself? Gosh, that's a good question. I feel super unprepared. I don't know. I buy cute clothes. I don't know. I know you want something deeper than that, but I'm like, when I'm feeling good, then I'll let myself splurge on something nice for myself. Um, And so, you know, celebrating is just, I would say like being in a place where you're always, and not, I don't want to use the word always, let me rephrase, being in a place where you're feeling good, you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling confident, that reminds you of how far you've come. And so I Mm. think it's just remembering not going judging yourself by how far it is that you have to go but remembering look 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 how far she's come from last time you know she started doing this journey of whatever wherever you are on your health and wellness journey and then celebrating that and remembering because otherwise we're always going to be in the not enoughness and I'm not there yetness 
And I don't want anyone to be in that. I want you to be fully in the self-love and the presence of where you are. And you can, I think I got so much farther to go in this life and I can't wait. So I want you to be excited about, I can't wait to see how much farther I'm going to go on this journey in my life rather than, oh my gosh, I haven't been that, I haven't done that much. I have so much farther to go. Instead go, I can't wait to see what else I can do in this life. Somebody asked me the other day to define success. And I've been thinking about that deeply. And, and I stand by my answer and it's this. Success is doing what you said you were going to do every single day. That's it. Yep. That's success. <laughs> it's, not, it's not all the other things. It's like, look, I'm 6'4", 220. I'm never going to have six-pack abs unless I fucking starve myself. Right. I'm not going to do it. I refuse it because I know that's not healthy. I've had it before. I know the work that it takes to get there. Massive calorie deficit. Unbelievable number of hours in the gym and working out. When I was like traveling the world, living in Bali, living in Asia, doing all these things, like I was ripped. I was ripped, but I was in such a calorie deficit all the time because I was like, oh, I want to be ripped. And I wanted it. Let's be very, very, very clear about this. This was my choice and my decision because I wanted it. I'd never had it before. And I was like, these people do it. I can do it too. And then I realized like I got it. I accomplished it. It did not fulfill me in the way that I thought it did. It lacks the importance that I believe that most people put the precedent on. I think something like literally 2% of people actually have abs, visible abs. Like it's crazy small. And so I, I, I'm, a, I'm with you. It's like, what do you want? Who do you want to be? How do you want to nourish yourself? Make the decisions for you and, and hold yourself to it. Be okay with the fact that a big part of the healing journey and what we'll call reparenting yourself is healthy food is healthy food and, and giving yourself what you need when you need it because you need it. Not because Allison says so, definitely not because Michael says so because I'm not a fucking doctor, but like looking at your life and going, this is for me. And I think that when you do that, you see transformation. If you were to think about all the people you've worked with over the years and, and the transformations that they've had, when it comes to just mindset, I'll use it as a general word. When it comes to mindset, what is the singular commonality that they have that has helped them be successful? So whatever success means for them, let's be clear. Yeah, I, and I love your redefining of success. I think growing up, maybe many of you can relate to this, but it was like success means a white picket fence house and 2.5 kids and a dog and um, multiple cars in the driveway and successful J-O-Bs. And that could not be further from my life, but I feel more successful in my own happiness than I would in that situation and not knocking it if you have it good for you. But, you know, that was not what I strive for. And um, my definition of success is am I smiling more than I'm frowning? And then I've had a good day. Right. And I think the commonality for the people that I have shared their amazing healing journeys with me is belief. And it is a belief. Um in themselves that I can do it. And it is a belief that the body can heal because if you don't believe it, it won't be true. Even if you're eating the perf, let's say you go to the functional medicine testing, you go coach with Michael, you're healing your trauma and you're eating all the right foods, but you don't believe that you can heal this way. It will not work for you. My father is the perfect example for, of this. When he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, I was on a mission. At this time I had learned about the body's ability to heal itself. I had met a doctor in North Carolina who had helped many stage four cancer patients reverse the cancer and go on to live 
fully functioning, wonderful, healthy lives that he went to. And he said, you know, Lee, I, I promise nothing, but I can tell you that this is what is important for people. And I love to help you on this journey. And here is the exact healing protocol. So we got home. We started the protocol. Oh my god, this is garlic, garlic. This is I'm smoking. Drink, drink, and eat all the foods he wants to eat. And he played with me for a couple of days and he um drank my garlic shake and did what I asked him to do. And then one day Michael he sat me down and he said those were the hardest words I ever heard from him or said, Ali, I don't believe in this. If I don't believe in it, it's gonna work for me. And the hardest thing I ever had to do was let my father, my father, let him live his way and let him die his way, which was with a whiskey and a cigar. And so ask the question, what is the commonality of the people that have healed themselves? And it is belief. And so you got to believe it. You got to got to believe it to heal it. And that's just it. Truth. Powerful, powerful conversation, my friend. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone who's interested in finding out more about you where they can do that? Absolutely. Well, if you want to hear about some conversations with people way smarter than me, like doctors and nutritionists and scientists, and also just regular people who have healed themselves of chronic degenerative disease, wherever you're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, you can also download the Food Heals podcast. So Go ahead and do that. I have the book if you want, if you like to read and you want to read some healing stories. It's called Food Heals and it's on Amazon and everything is over at foodhealsnation.com. Brilliant. And of course, put the links in the show notes for the audience. And the last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? I love this question and your guests have given some beautiful answers and you are just the epitome of that. But I think for me personally, to be unbroken was besides discovering food, the other F word in my life was discovering forgiveness. And I truly believe that speaking of food freedom, life freedom, whatever you want to call it, forgiveness opens the door to freedom. And so if I want to be unbroken, I have to be in forgiveness, forgiving myself, forgiving others for their perceived wrongs against me. Because if I'm holding something against someone else, it's just a mirror of something I'm holding against myself. It's not hurting them. It's only hurting me. And so finding forgiveness for all the things, people, it can be circumstances in your life. That is where the freedom lies. Freedom lies on the other side of forgiveness. And so that's how I continue to keep myself from my brokenness and stay unbroken and think unbroken. Mm. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. 
Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.